0: Hi, I'm Katie. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, hey, Katie. And I'm from Sacramento. It's a little warmer there. <laughs> um, I, uh, I put on the little release sheet that my, uh, my date in program was the year 2000. But that's not quite true. That's my abstinent year. Um, November 30th um, in the year 2000. Um, I actually was in the program before that. I came in in the early 90s. And uh, I struggled with staying abstinent. Um, and I struggled with trying to find that food plan. You know, the one, the one that you get to eat everything you want and you, and you, and you lose weight anyway. And I never, I never could find it. And the truth was I wasn't, I wasn't ready to give up the food. I wanted to stay. I knew what foods I needed to stay away from, but I, I wasn't willing to do it. I worked the steps. I kept waiting for that spiritual experience that they promised, you know, but um, it never really came to me. And so I I walked out, and I had read a book where it said that um, if you just paid attention to what you eat and just did what your body wants, eventually you would be craving broccoli and cauliflower. (laughs) It never happened. I, I always craved cookies. That was my um, main food group was cookies or anything else with sugar. In fact, one of my crazy food plans was um, no cookies. And I didn't lose weight. You know, that was because I was eating um, uh, those uh, toaster pop-ups, right? Those aren't cookies. <laughs> the cinnamon and sugar ones, those aren't, those aren't cookies. But um, anyway, that was just how crazy I was. You know, I, I was hoping to get away with being numb and losing weight. And that just um, wasn't, wasn't happening. And working the steps, I wanted the steps to give me that numbness. And the steps did not give me that numbness. The steps wanted me to feel the pain, feel the fear, feel all that, and then work my way through it. And I just, I just wasn't willing to do it. I wanted to be numb. And so I walked out, I think, in 1996. And I, and I uh, didn't come back in the year 2000. And what changed for me was I kept gaining weight. I weighed about 230 when I left. When I came back in, I—I um, I don't know what my top weight was, but I, when I came back in, I was around 320, and I'd already lost 30 pounds. What had happened is, um, I—my uh, life got more and more un- unmanageable. But I was managing it. I just kept making it smaller. You know, um, if I couldn't walk, then I just didn't walk very far. I found close parking. I made it work. I made everything work somehow, um, mostly by making my life smaller. I just didn't go anywhere. I stayed in my home. Um, My husband came home one day and complained that he felt like a single father because I wasn't going on outings. The last one I'd went on, um, uh, they couldn't park real close, and I was too proud to say, hey, I need you to park real close because I can't walk very far. And uh, so my husband parked far away, I thought, on purpose, and uh, I had a total meltdown. And uh, made a fool of myself. You know, I I don't even want to talk about it. It was so awful. (laughs) But um, after that, my husband didn't even ask me to go along. That's how awful it was. But uh, what really, really was my bottom was one day I was um, unable to do a hygienic thing that everybody's supposed to be able to do. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And I remember sitting there and thinking, how did this happen? This was not my plan for my life. It was like I headed toward Berkeley and ended up in Boron, you know? <laughs> Who wants to do that? I did not want to end up in this horrible place. And I really began to examine my life, and I realized that I had no life. I had none. You know, I I, um, I really had... Uh, disconnected from everything. My husband, uh, my children, I, have, uh, I had two daughters and um, really it was just TV and food. That was my life and it wasn't much fun. It wasn't much fun. and uh, But it was comfortable. It was so comfortable until I got to the moment where I couldn't, I, I could not manage this last thing. There was nothing I could think of that could make that right. And so um, one morning I got up and um, I thought, something's got to change. I, something's got to change. And so I went looking for a diet. I hadn't looked for a diet in years. I didn't find one that I hadn't tried. I went online. I looked everywhere. I didn't find one I hadn't tried, but I did find uh, a website full of these compulsive overeaters just like me. It wasn't a recovery website, it was just people online with the problem and they didn't have a solution. And uh, uh, I thought, you know what, today I can do without cookies and anything else with sugar in it. Today I can do that. And it isn't the first time I tried that. I had no idea that that day, ten years later, I still would not have had cookies and sugar. I mean, just because I'd tried it before. And usually Girl Scout season came along, and and that would be that. You know, I could never (laughs) resist. The coconut ones, you know the ones. But um, And at the time, I had Girl Scouts. I, my daughters were Girl Scouts, and I was the cookie mom. And I did not have any of those cookies. The year 2001, not one Girl Scout cookie passed my lips. I thought that was a miracle. Um, a bigger miracle was, at the end of the year, I opened the freezer, and there were still boxes of cookies in there. Because I was the only one that ate them. My children and my husband weren't that you know, fond of them, you know, so, uh, and I think uh, up until uh, we had one box that had been in there like six years, and finally I uh, gave it away to somebody, I probably poisoned them, you know, but uh, anyway, I had no idea, uh, and it was still a couple months before I went back into OA, because I was so ashamed of how much weight I'd gained, and I had this weird thought that maybe if I should just lose some weight before I go back, so they won't know, <laughs> But I was still going to this website full of these compulsive overeaters who all had the problem and didn't have the solution. And I saw their struggle and I thought, you know what? Um, I'm not going to be able to keep this up. I am, you know, I'm on a pink cloud now. I know that. But I'm not going to be able to keep this up on my own and, and, you know, talking with these people with the problem and no solution. And uh, there was someone online that said, I think I should go to OA, but I'm afraid to. And and we made a pact. She didn't go, but I did. I went to my first OA meeting, and I went to a little meeting on a side of town I'd never gone to before because I thought I would not meet any of my old friends there. And the truth was, I walked in, I knew everybody at that meeting. Everybody. (laughs) They didn't recognize me because I had gotten so huge. Oh, I have my pictures here if you're interested um, in looking. Um, I had gotten so huge, but as soon as I talked, I guess my voice is very distinctive. They knew. Who I was, they oh, Katie, and they were so happy to see me. Um, and I, I looked at my old sponsor, and she was leaving town, so I wasn't able to ask her to be a sponsor. But she recommended someone. I got a sponsor right away, and I started working the steps all over again. Um, I, I, I think you know um, they were the same, you know, except I was abstinent, so it, it, there was a lot more clarity when I did my fourth step. There was so much more clarity. And uh, there, were, there were, were a couple of really troubling items that um, ended up on my 9-step uh, list, and I did not know how to deal with them. You know, it wasn't that I owed an amends, um, but something had to change. You know, it was, a, it was a family relationship, and it had gone terribly wrong. And I hadn't done anything wrong, and my sponsor said, we haven't done anything wrong, you know, but on the other hand, I still felt uncomfortable. And one day I was at um, a retreat, and the guy speaking said, uh, he was talking about dishonesty, and he said, sometimes dishonesty is not saying what has to be said. And it was like bingo, you know, because with this family member, I had been pretending that nothing, nothing had happened. And um, what's really funny is uh, he was in recovery also, and uh, he was recovering from another. Uh, substance abuse um, and he'd been in recovery for eight years and one of my resentments was is he hadn't made an amends to me <laughs> and, um, and I felt he owed me one and uh, so when I wrote him a letter telling him you know what what I I knew to be true and that um, I wasn't gonna keep it a secret anymore he he I sent the letter on Friday and on Monday I had one back and it was like he had it prepared and he probably did and, um, and uh, we agreed to meet in my therapist's office. And, and it was really a, a fabulous experience. You know, and, uh, I, I just, and, and the reason he hadn't made an amends is because I was so good at pretending it didn't happen, he thought I'd forgotten. And, and he didn't want to uh, bring it up again. But the truth is, I ha- had never forgotten. I had just um, been unwilling to uh, face the consequences of changing making a change, and and really, that is a, a lot of my history, you know, I, I'm afraid to change because I'm afraid of all those domino effects, you know, how's my life going to look after I do things differently, I, I, I am comfortable this way, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to be uncomfortable, that's been my entire life motto, you know, please God, don't make me uncomfortable, and uh, uh, the truth is, I can't change unless unless I give up that comfort. Um, and that's my 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, so what what happened in my uh, uh, food plan, my first food plan actually was as simple as no cookies. Um, I already told you what it was. It was no sugar. That that was my food plan. And uh, that worked for a couple of years. I lost weight, and then um, I stopped losing weight. And I really wasn't too ha- unhappy with that. But my, my sponsor kept bringing it up, you know. And uh, so I had to... Uh, look at some other things, and um, and so my my food plan looks a lot different today, but and and I change it up, and I just changed it recently uh, a couple years ago, and and what happens is I I lose some weight, and then I stop losing weight, and I usually stay there for a couple years because I'm comfortable, I'm not interested in changing anymore, and and usually my sponsor brings it up and says, you know, um, what does your doctor say? She says that, but. Um, uh, this last time, I, 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 was, I was so glad that I had um, decided um, to um, fix my food plan a little bit because um, last year my knees stopped working. I have um, terrible osteoarthritis in my knees because I was so overweight and also I had knee problems to begin with. Um, when I was a teenager I started having dislocating knees and they were ground up to begin with but when I put on all that weight I just, I just ground my, um, this one, my left knee um, to nothing and, and one day I was walking and it stopped working and it's hard to explain what that means but a knee is supposed to bend like this and not sort of go all Caliwampus is what it was doing. It was sort of bending out and in and it was, it was, it was terrifying, it was terrifying. And what was bad about that was I was so, one of the things I was so grateful for is I never had to look for a close parking place anymore. I could park wherever and walk in and and I enjoyed walking in from the South 40 and, and, and I enjoyed that feeling of um, being fit enough to do that. And suddenly I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't go for my walk at lunch with my friends. I couldn't, I couldn't do the things that made my life livable and I was so scared. Um... And, and the, only, the only solution was to get a replacement. And, uh, and that's where the, the loss of weight came in, because um, uh, a couple years ago, my, my doctor said, uh, when I went in, he said I couldn't have a knee replacement because I was too fat. And uh, so when I went in again, I wasn't too fat. That was really good. And I got my knee replacement right away. Um, not that that is um, any, I'm sorry, I've just sort of lost it i 'm thinking of the the woman last week that was fabulous. <laughs> I was praying to God before before this you know, please um, let me be of service, and if I can be fabulous, that would be wonderful too <laughs> <laughs> so let 's just try and uh, keep the the story straight um, so where I am today is um, i I have a sponsor, and I called her on my way here. I was talking to her on my way here i uh, work the steps still to the best of my ability. I do service. I have uh, six or seven sponsees. I say six or seven because I have one that's never called me, but I hear that she talks about me all the time, <laughs> <laughs> that I'm really helping her. And uh, yeah, because, because uh, you know, my sponsor said, yeah, I heard, you know, that she was, uh, that you're really working well with her. And I go, she never calls me. I, I think I should call her, except I don't have a good number. I called and you got that you know and, and so, uh, so I'm not sure what to do about that I'm just gonna let God handle that you know it becomes a, a funny but it, it's funny how that works um, and I have done that myself when I was in in the nineteen nineties I would ask people to be my sponsor and then I would never call them and uh, so when that happens to me I'm not offended because I know what that's about you know they're not ready to do it they're not ready to do it it's not easy working the steps it is very hard it's very simple but it is hard looking at um, uh, yourself without um, judgment and just um, accepting that this is the way you are and, and, uh, and then being open to change. And in a, a change in a way that you really have no control over. You know, um, my higher power throws me into situations where um, it's either change or eat. That's it. You know, that's um, when I uh, first got absent, I was unemployed. Um, I had uh, just gone to uh, school to get my masters but I was floundering on the final step which was the the thesis and the project I was floundering I wasn't uh, I wasn't doing it and uh, uh, working the steps I finally got through that I got my degree and then I had to get a job Um, and I had to um, face my fear of rejection face my fear of um, Making mistakes, faced my fear of talking with people I didn't really know, um, and, and, uh, and, and letting them judge me, you know. I, I had been so used to my life not, in, not letting people judge me because I didn't like the F grade that I got sometimes, you know, I, or I thought that I got. So, you know, I, I just did it one step at a time, you know, sent in uh each resume once one one at a time, not knowing what was gonna happen after I sent it in and not worrying about it. Once I once I put it in the box or put it in the mail, it was out of my hands. There was nothing I could do about it again and I just forgot about it. So when I would get calls for interviews it was always kind of a surprise. It's like, now which one were you? <laughs> I'd forgotten all about you but um, so I, I did get interviews and the first couple sucked you know because I went in and I was scared and I I was worried about what they thought what thought about me I wasn't worried about who presenting who I was I wanted to be who they wanted me to be you know and and that doesn't work that doesn't work so in my last interview I went in and I just told them who I was and and they liked that and so I got got hired and I have a job I I, I work for the city of Sacramento I just love my job actually um, even though they're out of money and it's uncomfortable, you know. But um, once I got to work, uh, I had to um, deal with my fear of making mistakes. You're a new guy. I, I'm in IT. Um, I was working on a network that controls all their water plants and their, um, their drainage systems, which are very important in Sacramento. It's at sea level. And uh, I would make a couple of mistakes, and uh, and things would go down, and they wouldn't work, and uh, people would come marching into my office, and they would, you know, <laughs> and and they would say, you know, something bad happened, and uh, and my first impulse was to find someone else to blame, you know, <laughs> who else, you know? But I, I discovered really quickly that the, the 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 tension and the power in that situation would would just go away if I just said you know what? I did. I made a mistake. This is what I did. And I'm not going to do that again. And they would just leave. I <laughs> go, okay. They would just leave. <laughs> there was no hanging me up on my thumbs. There was no firing me. They weren't going to fire me. Um, and after a while, I, I learned and, and stopped making as many mistakes. I still make a few, you know, but they're not they don't take down the entire network, <laughs> uh. <laughs> or they don't, you know, reset uh, a server that's very important and, you know, uh, erase all the data they've been glad, you know, um, gathering for an hour. They didn't like that, but, um, so, you know, I, I, I am now a, a, uh, a very important part of their system. I'm a valued employee, I'm, I'm well-liked. I think by most people there are a few people that don't like me um, there was one person in particular that didn't like me he quit and uh, I learned to live with that I never understood why he didn't like me but it wasn't my job to make him like me at first it it was uncomfortable and I tried to uh, stay out of his way you know so he wouldn't notice that I was someone he wouldn't like um, but um, I realized that when uh, I got my first uh, review that that wasn't working because I was hiding behind him and all anybody could see was him and I was letting him um, uh, be me and, uh, and no one liked him that wasn't a good plan it wasn't <laughs> so um, again I had to um, just be myself I had to state my opinion I had to um, sometimes come up head-to-head with this guy who had a very strong personality had lots of opinions And uh, at one point he told me I was the problem with the city. (laughs) I I thought, okay, okay, yeah, I'm the problem with the city. Um, I I I was amazed that I didn't have a resentment about that, you know. But and I thought it was kind of funny, you know, that uh, uh, (laughs) he thought that. Anyway, to me, I look back at five years ago when I started working there, and and the person I am today how much I've learned and I wouldn't have learned without making those mistakes and I wouldn't have been able to make those mistakes if I hadn't had the support of this program, my sponsor, the 12 steps, to, you know, help me. Because really, to me, um, uh, making mistakes and being someone like myself um, that I'm sure that no one likes. I've always felt like an outsider um, all my life. My my father was in the Air Force. We moved around. That didn't work for me. (laughs) I, 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 I didn't make friends easily. I, I always felt like an outsider. And uh, so when, when I went to work, there I was, an outsider. Everybody else was on the in and I was on the outside looking in. It was very uncomfortable, but you know today, I don't feel like an outsider. I feel at home. I come, come in, you know, this is my office, these are my friends, these are the people that I work with. And uh, it's my place and I'm myself. I don't have to um, shuck who I am at the door. And come in and be someone else anymore, you know. And I, I realized that most of my life, that's what I did. That's why I was so uncomfortable. I was wearing someone else's skin; it wasn't mine. And uh, this one, even though it's saggy, I have I have lots of uh, lots of sagging skin from being over 350 pounds. But uh, uh, I, I wouldn't give up any of it. It's mine. <laughs> it's my skin. And uh, I I'm getting teary because really. Really, um, I did not have a life before I got abstinent and managed to stay abstinent. And it's been almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in November, um, right after Thanksgiving. And uh, uh, that just seems unbelievable that I haven't had a cookie in 10 years or a donut or ice cream. You know, it just seems um, amazing. Because I, you know, like I said, that first day that I didn't eat any sugar, I just had no idea that um, I would be sitting here today saying that I've lost over 150 pounds and that I'm no longer obese I'm merely overweight I'm just overweight <laughs> and that's saying something you know I I really hated being obese you know and and now I'm just overweight and that makes me a lot happier <laughs> I still have a few t- you know pounds to lose before I um, get to you know that perfect BMI um, but really the truth is, if my doctor's not unhappy and my husband's not unhappy and I'm able to walk from the North 40 um, and ride my bike, um, I did 400 miles in May. You know, they have a, a, a competition in, uh, uh, in May in Sacramento, and it's called the Million Miles in May. They encourage people to get out on their bikes. And I pledged 400, and I did 406. And, uh, I, you know, and I'm, I'm just um, really thrilled that I can do that and I couldn't do that before when my life was small and now it's big and uh, I just love it. So thanks, that's all I have to say.